Thank you, John. It's kind of nice being able to step up here and not have to quiet you all down. Appreciate you doing that already for me. Again, my name is Dan Albrick with Leopardo Construction. Uh, I'm a program. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I am program's chair and my co-chairs, uh, Jeanette Outlaw with OFS Brands and Howard Wender with Strata Real Estate Services. As I mentioned every month, today's program is being podcast, so we do want to, uh, you know, if you guys do have a question, which we will open it uh, up at the end of this program, please raise your hand. We will bring you the microphone, state your name, state your company, and then state your question. We encourage, encourage participation. Uh, upcoming programs, we're looking, we've got a lot of, a lot of great suggestions uh, when, you, when you fill out the surveys at the end. Uh, some of the different topics, how the Midwest is competing uh, to attract and retain businesses versus the East Coast, West Coast uh, strategies and initiatives. Uh, the rebirth of mergers and acquisitions, we're seeing a lot of activity across the board in that area. And also, July topic, Made in the USA, uh, kind of a look at manufacturing and how that sector has rebounded. We love those commercials we see from Detroit. So. Um, a lot of good things going on there to name a few. So today's program, Mission Possible, Embracing the Mission Critical Market. Just want a special thank you to Sheila Sipes and Paul Himes for, uh, for helping to pull this thing together today. And for Paul for flying all the way in from the East Coast, getting stuck here because of Mr. Obama. So he's here stuck through till uh, tomorrow afternoon. So. I'm going to bring up our, uh, our panelists and moderators now, and then I will uh, do a quick bio. We've got five of them today, four, four, four panelists and, uh, and our moderator, and I don't want to take up the whole time reading these, uh, the, all the information, so I put uh, a copy of all the bios on your table, so I'm just going to be brief. Um, I'm going to start off with, uh, to my left, we have, uh, let's see, we have Len Salva, Regional Sales Director with Lattices. Mr. Salva has been in the IT telecommunication service business for 25 years. Currently, Salva is the regional sales director for Lattices, a national data center firm that provides an array of co-location and IT outsourcing services. Salva has, a, has an MS in computer science from DePaul and an MBA from Florida International University. Next, we have Bill Baxter, director with UBS. Bill Baxter is responsible for data center strategy and uh, for the North America region at UBS. He has been with UBS for about five years, and prior to that was at OWPNP, where he was a telecommunications practice leader. He has a mechanical engineering degree from Stan Stanford and an MBA from Columbia University. Next, we have Chad Frazee, Senior Vice President with CB Richard Ellis. Chad is currently a Senior Vice President at CB, uh, joining the firm following its merger with uh, Insignia ESG in July of 2003. Mr. Frazee leads CBRE's critical environment practice, a specialty service group within CBRE that specializes in assisting clients with their mission-critical facility needs in Chicago and is one of the key members of its national practice. We also have Paul Schlatt, uh, Schlattman, I got that, Vice President, this is a long title, Vice President, Mission-Critical Facility Technical Program Manager with Environmental Systems Design. As program manager, Mr. Schlappmann is responsible for business development, project administration, and strategic planning of his commercial office, data center, financial, call center, and other information technology-related projects. His responsibilities include business development, program management, information technology, merger acquisition consulting, planning, data center, consolidations, and project coordination, probably a lot of other things as well. So, And last but not least, our moderator, again, Paul Himes, Chief Executive Officer with Himes Associates. 
Paul is a founder of Himes Associates, an owner's representation firm that provides national program management, project management, project consulting, and relocation management services with core competencies in Mission Critical. I'm going to turn it over to you gentlemen. Welcome. The stage is yours. How about a round of applause? Thanks, Dan. You guys hear me? Hot, 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 hot. Hot, hot. Okay. Hot topic, hot topic, great hot market. We got a whole panel of experts here. Raise your hand, ask questions. I'm going to have some questions to start off, but if there's anything you guys want to know, we got a we got a one handout for a glossary of terms and definitions that might help you. Uh, my big role, I think, in a lot of these projects is playing translator between the bricks and sticks side, corporate real estate, and the bits and bytes side, the IT guys. So that tends to be a hot issue. Uh, because we are a CRE group, we've asked Len, to, or excuse me, Paul, to uh, start off by giving you some big, broad, uh, real estate-oriented national geographic issues on site location issues for data centers in real estate. Right. Thanks, Paul. Um, what I really want to do is I want to focus in on really what's happening from a real estate standpoint, because a lot of people here are real estate, probably more real estate than any other group. And there's a lot of things that are happening within our market, um, specifically, and I want to start with kind of site selection. Um, this map here that we have up here, this is put out by Eaton Power. And what they do is every year they go through and they identify how many outages within, within a state. And if you look at the states in red, those are the worst states as far as outages go. And California being the worst with about 340 states, or 340 outages. Then you have Texas, which is probably second, which is about 145 outages. And then you have the East Coast grid. And back in 2003, we had the rolling blackout. Remember that? It was a huge issue. Well, they haven't really fixed much on that East Coast grid. So, and then if you look at the data centers, where are the majority of the data centers? They're in California. They're in Texas. They're on the East Coast, right? So they, it's been past history that we locate our data centers in the worst states for power, right? Not to mention, uh, California's got how many, how many nuclear power plants? Four? Four, four, five, four, yeah. Right? On the seismic uh, zones? That's nice, right? Especially after We've Japan. seen what that's done recently, right? Right, yeah. And so, and then another thing that's happening within our industry is that because we, we are power hogs, right? We don't do stuff by square footage. We do it by power, right? For example, how much, what's the, what is the uh, demand here in Chicago? or in the Midwest here? Chicago right now is about 60 megawatts of demand. Okay, so from our standpoint, you know, that's probably about 800, 900, maybe a million square feet of raised floor. And you guys are probably thinking, well, you know, that's nothing. But from, look, from a megawatt standpoint, if I were to take, the Sears Tower is nine megawatts, right? If I take six Sears Towers and put them in the middle of the city, that's the activity that we have going on as far as real estate goes. And we sell everything by the power. So ever since, since we sell power, and it's such a critical aspect of the overall uh, facility, cooling even becomes more costly. So this is an ASHRAE document that identifies really where the cool zones go. Again, we go back down to Texas, and we go to California, where there's several data centers. You can obviously see it's not the best place from a cooling standpoint for free cooling. 
And then when you add the weather to it, you have the seismic zones, you have Tornado Alley, right? We have hurricanes, right? So really, where do you put your data center, right? So what we anticipate coming up is basically a lot of companies moving off the California grid and moving north to Oregon or to higher altitudes such as Denver. Utah's got some activity with eBay going there recently. Um, we see. And that little user, who is the other little user that's going to Utah, the federal Google? government? Oh, yes, right. Yeah, yeah that's, a big, NSA. That's, a, that's a big, yeah. big billion-dollar project. Biggest data center in the United States right. right now. And then if you also look, you see Texas migrating north, those data centers. It just makes sense. Free cooling is such an important factor in data centers that it's, it comes at a time where it says enough is enough. Right? We're doing a project down in, in, in uh, Houston right now, and because we're running our temperature or our chill water, we can actually get this much free cooling. If that same data center was up here, we'd have a lot of free cooling, 60 70%. And then also migrating off the East Coast grid, migrating west, and then also further north. The reason why I bring this up is because we anticipate a lot of activity coming to Chicago, coming to Indiana, coming up to Minneapolis. We anticipate more so than we probably ever have in the history of data centers. I think I've been doing it for 25, 22 years. That means Stratford over there, Tom has been doing it for 30, right, Tom? Yep. And so, and I want to bring this to your attention as far as from a real estate play. There's really kind of two markets that we see. We have secondary cities and primary cities, right? Chicago is a primary city. Right? We have a lot of demand. We have a more Fortune 1000 companies. We're like, what, two or three in the nation as far as that? And then we have secondary cities. The secondary cities in Chicago, it's kind of a, the suburban market is a tier to that. But then also I wanted to point out this project, which is happening in South Bend, Indiana. In South Bend, this is a real unique project. Rick Carlton, I believe, is here right there. And it's, it's unique in the fact that it is based upon developer, it's based upon the city of South Bend, is actually not only promoting the project, but also putting some finance up, and also a major university. So we're seeing a, th a three-prong a three approach to this, which is unique in the market. We really don't see that too much. It's usually a developer and or a, a big end user, like a digital or a RSG or somebody like that. So that's, but these are happening in the secondary markets. And it's about 40,000, 50,000 square foot data center, right? And you're like, oh, that's not a big lease to you guys. But from a power standpoint, at $150 per kilowatt hour, there's real, real revenue there. I mean, to give you an idea, when you talk about numbers, leases, and I know you guys do a lot of big, big deals out there, but it's not uncommon at all in our industry to have monthly lease. This is net of power, just your lease of quarter of a million dollars. I mean, that's, you know, a million bucks a month just to lease, you know, two or three pods of space is a very typical, you know, sort of number. And you're talking about, what, 10,000 feet of white space? You know, do the math. And then from a, within the city standpoint, I'll show you a couple other projects that are, that are happening is this one here, which is really the, the latest and greatest. We've been fortunate in the city of Chicago to have 350 CIRMAC, and which is, was developed um, 1999, and it's had a migration and changes of new, new uh, tenants and things of that nature.
But that facility is pretty much full now. So it really opens the door for a project like this. And this is the A40 South Canal, which is headed up by, it's called Server Farm Realty, which is a division of Red Sea Group. And it's 450,000 square feet. But what's unique on this facility, we're able to get about 140,000 square feet of raised floor and about 20 megawatts of power, right? So if our demand's 60, this baby's taken up about 20, a third of it already. But we, because of the two top floors, we also, it's, it's not really created for data center because of the floor to ceiling heights, and we have an atrium, which data centers don't like atriums. So we are now converting it into trading facility. And we have about 80,000 square feet of trading, and that market in Chicago is truly the hottest. Chicago is the number one city for that. I think from a real estate standpoint, you guys all know what the trading industry is doing in our market here, right? I mean, our firm alone is doing 1.4, 1.5 million square feet a year just in trading facilities. And, we're the, and Chicago out, beats out New York, and I think London is number two. So, and this is obviously this Chicago Trading Court, but if you look at this facility, where's the columns, right? There's no columns, they like open space. And the problem that we're seeing within the industry is that there's not enough space out there. An average building has six, seven watts a square foot. Well, the traders need about 20 watts a square foot, right? They also do it on raised floor because they got a lot of monitors there and sometimes they have servers under their desk. And, and they like that open feeling. Right? So right now within the industry, we're seeing a lot of speculative buildings, a lot of developers wanting to go and build speculative trading and put that 20 watts a square foot, put in generators. Putting a generator in the city of Chicago is miserable. Right? We all have issues with that. And so that's a real hot button right there. And so I want to bring these, kind of these components together and, and the trend that we see. Yeah. Thanks so much for that, Paul. What other... Guys, what are big trends are you seeing right now? Chad, take that next. You're sitting next sure. to mine. You know, I think what a lot of people in the real estate business don't understand is the, is the range of products, especially corporate real estate directors, certainly the brokerage community, the range of solutions that have, the market has created for people that have data center needs. Uh, the statistics that you can look at, the, the range of people that are polling the CIO community, and 40 to 60% of all CIOs say that they're either actively looking at new data center space currently or in the next two years will be. So across the spectrum, virtually every enterprise is dealing with some form of data center strategy now. And that market demand is being filled in a variety of ways. There's a co-location market that's emerged, wholesale, re retail, and sort of a hybrid in the middle. And you've got cloud computing, which is playing a big part in a lot of the strategy development. And then a variety of, of enterprise type solutions that exist in, in the middle there. And so all these issues are creating different market-based solutions that as an advisor to the real estate group or to the CIA group, CIO group, you have to be mindful of and, and the real estate community needs to get educated about because they're all, the very expensive um, decisions that get made around every one of these alternatives and they have huge implications for a company and can be really big uh, attributes for a company from a resource perspective to save a lot of money if the right decisions are made around the solution. Um, then second to that would be a lot of these solutions being brought to market by a variety of players. There's a ton of new entrants into the market from a development perspective from an investment perspective, the underlying debt and equity that's going behind a lot of these projects that cost $2,000 a foot to build. Um, and knowing what pitfalls exist with, with the different players that are emerging to participate in the space. It's a very lucrative part of the real estate business from a development standpoint and from an investment perspective, but it doesn't come with a lot of risk for the end user that's trying to find the right solution for themselves and ends up, in some cases, if partnered with people that couldn't fulfill what the development plan was, they ran out of capital, 
or they don't operate it based on how they represented they would based on the, the amount of capital they've got. So that's a pretty important trend that we're seeing a lot of folks need to get educated about and, and the real estate community is certainly coming full circle with. You know, it behooves us as a group, corporate real estate, to really become knowledgeable about this because what's a typical office build out, you know, downtown here in Chicago, 60 bucks a foot, right? So 60 bucks a foot is contingency money on our deals, you know? So, you know, we're worried about slicing and dicing two or three bucks a foot off to do a deal and the entire size of a commercial deal would be our contingency on a project. So the dollars get really big, which behooves us as professionals to get really smart about it. You have something fascinating going on and Jab is talking about the demand, 40 to 60%. These data centers uh, get old. They're no longer able to keep up in terms of the heat rejection because of the loads we're putting in them. And so you need a new one. Yet it's extraordinarily time consuming and expensive to do it. So it's not hedging your bets like you can't just sublet some square footage of space. Uh, it's extraordinarily expensive to build these things, takes a long time. And so the real estate component of it, the fixed facility component is extraordinarily inelastic. Yet with demand burgeoning and technology at the same time allowing you to go into a smaller footprint, there's a, there's a fascinating set of dynamics going on out there that's uh, very tough to keep up with. What kind of trends are you guys seeing, Bill? Yeah. The, the key thing that we see uh, is the capacity management is pretty straightforward. It's logistics, it's short-term tactical. Uh, you're worrying about putting servers into your racks, you're keeping track of your rack space and your raised floor. Uh, but the longer-term view, keeping track of how fast your data center is filling up and when you're gonna need to build the next one is really tricky because you're trying to understand from the business what their uh, growth expectations are. And uh, it's, it's extremely difficult. They really don't know. You, you just struggle with it. And the, the, the only answer really is to maintain strategic flexibility. You, you need to find ways of doing things that preserve options to expand in the future. Um, in the past, people used to build a great big data center and then grow into it and it was a huge upfront cost. And, and now people are getting smarter about, they've, they've been talking about pods for a number of years, but now they're talking about containerized solutions, other ways of, of segmenting the cost and distributing it over time. The total cost will be higher, but the, the, the little bit of upfront cost to preserve that strategic flexibility is a, it's a very good investment. It, sometimes it's a hard sales pitch, but it's, I believe, extremely important. Len, jump in. You know, especially in the Chicago market, I think what folks in this room need to understand is, one, there's two distinct markets in Chicago, and Paul touched upon it a little bit, is you've got the downtown market, which is 95% focused on the financial services companies, right? You've got the traders, CME, uh, 350 Cermak. Now, there's also a suburban market. I work with a lot of large enterprise customers who prefer to be out in the suburbs versus downtown just for geographic diversity uh, given all the infrastructure that's downtown. If it was a disaster downtown, uh, they want some sort of diversity and, and come out to the burbs where, where I'm at. Uh, the other thing is, as people struggle with the decision of build versus lease, um, I think Chad touched upon it, $1,000, $2,000 a square foot to build a data center, and that's a huge capex. A lot of companies that we talk to don't have CapEx money. They're looking for partners that can help them from an OpEx perspective.
to get into a high-quality data center. You know, Paul mentioned 30 watts a square foot. That's just for the traders. That's just for, you know, putting a, a computer on a, uh, on a desk and do some trades. The co-location piece, the data center speed, uh, piece is 200 watts a square foot, I think is table stakes right now. You have to be able to do 200 Very watts standard. a square foot in order to support an enterprise's IT infrastructure. And then as you look toward the infrastructure, uh, the other thing you have to think about is, where am I going to go with my, with my architecture and my infrastructure? A lot of companies are battling with the cloud, as Chad mentioned, what, what the hell is the cloud? Everybody that thinks of the cloud thinks of Amazon and Microsoft and Google, but from an enterprise IT perspective, if you're, if you're helping your customers trying to figure that out, you want to look for partners.